Hey, and welcome back to The Curveballer. This is now the seventh episode, and it's probably going to be one of my favorites. I also just got a new microphone, um, which is probably, if it, like, sounds weird, it's because I don't really know how close my face is supposed to be to it. And it wouldn't work on my laptop, so I had to put it on this old one, which, so if you can hear, like, a buzzing sound, that's probably it. I'm going to be, um, introducing a new segment that I created, which is called the Lucas Giolito Update. Lucas Giolito is one of my favorite players, and I think I should update everyone on how he's doing. So, he did go on the COVID IL earlier in the season, um, but he's back now. He pitches Wednesday, which is tomorrow, against the Red Sox. His current ERA is 2.84 through 31.2 innings pitched with 44 strikeouts. And his current whip is 1.23, which is um, very symmetrical. Career ERA, 4.13. We, we need to get that down because obviously he's going to have like a 1.5 ERA this year. Um, 699.1 innings pitched. He's so close to 700. Love that for him. 740 strikeouts. Career, so close to 1,000-ish. 1.2 whip, we are going to have to get that down because he's going to have like a 0.1 whip this season, of course. Um, his last start was May 18th versus the Royals, and he went five innings, allowing seven hits and two earned runs with two walks and seven strikeouts. So that's what he's been doing, and I also realized that he had a 500 OPS last season which is basically James McCann's OPS. Um, maybe not this year because he um, recently broke a bone in his hand, but definitely last year. Speaking of the Mets, one player that I want to talk about is Luis Guillerme, who is a utility player, and he has been very, very hot recently, and I think I found the reason why. Um, he had a great beard. It was very long. Um, but then he shaved it. However, before he shaved it, he was 0 for 12 with his beard. And now he's batting 415 without the beard. So I thought that was pretty genius of him. A very smart move. And he's just playing amazing right now for the Mets. Um, they have been doing really well recently, even without Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. And it's um, because of this guy. He's been batting, he's been playing amazing defense, he's playing um, every position in the infield, basically, except for first base, but whatever. And he's just a really good all-around player, and I think now that the designated hitter is in the National League, it benefits him even more because there is more room to put guys like J.D. Davis and Dom Smith where they would otherwise be blocking him from playing time. So, I think um, he's a great player that is definitely key to this Mets team. Um, now, I'm going to do some more of three best, three worst. Um, today's three best, three worst is going to be shortstops. And it has recently come to my attention by my brother that apparently I don't do three for the best and the worst. And that really annoyed me. So, I made sure to put three for 
each of these things. We're gonna start with the worst, and this is um currently like in in MLB right now. Um, like the stats are current is what I mean. Starting off with the worst, um, my third worst player is Dansby Swanson, and yes, Dansby Swanson can field. He is a decent fielder. He can hit home runs sometimes. However, he has a 34.4 strikeout percentage, and that's not really what you want to do. Um, I'm very big on putting the ball in play and moving runners over. Um, that way you can get runs home. And for this Braves team that really, that that is really struggling right now, he, he can't be striking out almost half of the time. He's batting ninth for them. And he's not producing anything. Yes, he can hit home runs, but home runs aren't the only thing. He is definitely an all-nothing player, and I think he needs to um, round out his offensive side of his play. My second worst player is Kyle Farmer. Um, he's on the Reds, and the Reds have been doing terribly, which is not all his fault. But Kyle Farmer does have a negative seven offensive war. So he's not contributing anything with the bat, and that's what the Reds need right now because they're not scoring. They lost a game that their pitchers no-hit the other team, and they still lost it because they didn't score any runs for them. And I think that just tells you how bad the Reds have been, and unfortunately, Kyle Farmer is in the midst of that. So he is not doing great right now. He was okay for the Reds last year, and I'd like to see him go back to his late 2021 play when the Reds were um, going for that wild card spot until they fell out of the race. Um, my first worst shortstop right now is Elvis Andrus. Um, he is just an irrelevant player in the MLB right now. He has a zero war, just regular old player. And he's on the A's, which is why he is irrelevant. He may not be as bad as some of the other players in the league, but he was very bad last year. And um, he definitely needs to step it up, else he is going to be replaced by some of the A's prospects or DFA'd, because I'm not sure he has a place on any other team right now. And definitely not a contender. Now moving on to best. For There are definitely a lot of shortstops in the league, so I have to give out an honorable mention to Xander Bogarts. Him and my third best player on this list had basically the same stats in 2022, but um, the third best player had a, um, about 10 or 12 more runs batted in and more speed. So that's what beat him out, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to Xander Bogarts the um, Red Sox shortstop. And the Red Sox are not doing that great right now, but I think when their whole lineup starts hitting and Xander Bogarts has definitely done that, they're going to be able to contend for a wild card spot maybe because I'm not sure they can be able to catch up to the Yankees there in the AL East, but they can be a good team when their whole team starts clicking. Now for my third best, I have Trey Turner. And when I mean that he had more speed than Bogarts, I meant by a lot. 
Trey Turner is one of the most electric players in the league, and he's just able to do everything for the Dodgers right now. He um, was able to replace Corey Seager. Um, he came in last year in the Max Scherzer trade when Josiah Gray and a few other prospects were sent to the Nationals um, for him and Max Scherzer. And he played second base for them last year when Corey Seager was still in Los Angeles. But now that Corey Seager has left, Trey Turner has fully settled into the role of their starting shortstop. And the Dodgers are definitely one of the top teams in the league. And Trey Turner um, has been a huge part of that. So he's a great player and he will continue to be a great player for the rest of his career. Number two, this player has not played in 2022 this year, but I give him the two spot. I feel like if he was playing, he may have gotten a shot at the number one spot. But um, right now, I think my number two shortstop is Tatis. He, um, I think he broke something in a motorcycle accident. Why was he riding a motorcycle? I'm pretty sure after it, they added a clause in his contract saying no more motorcycle riding because, dude, you're earning a lot of money and you can't just go risking your whole career like that. But when he was on the field last year, he was, again, one of the most electric players in the game. He was able to hit for power, um, defend at shortstop, definitely not center field because I saw some of the plays he made out there when he was coming back from his shoulder injuries and they definitely were not good. But at shortstop, he was a very good defender and definitely at the plate, he could contribute for the Padres. They have not really struggled without him just being, I think, a game or half a game out behind the Dodgers in the NL West. But when they get him back this season, they are definitely going to be a scary team going into the playoffs if they don't collapse like they did last year. Um, he has power. Um, he has incredible bat speed. He's just a well-rounded athlete all in all. So he is definitely um, a great shortstop. And I feel like if he was um, playing right now, he may have had a shot at number one again. Um, now my favorite shortstop in the league right now is Tim Anderson. Right now, Tim Anderson is batting 359, slugging 517 with a weighted runs created plus of 173. Um that's just an overall great stat line and emphasis on the slugging 517 because he is a fast guy. He can hit for average. He can hit home runs. He's just a great hitter overall. And my favorite thing about Tim Anderson as a player is that he does not strike out. He only has, I think, 17 strikeouts on the year to go with, I think, 35 games played. Um, That's just crazy for where we are in today's game when strikeouts are really prevalent and everyone strikes out but for him to be um slugging that much and not striking out means he is able to put the bat on the ball most of the time and he's getting those hits which is great for him to be at the top of the lineup of this mediocre White Sox team because when they get the rest of their team back from injury um if Tim Anderson keeps playing like the way um, he has been now, they won't be that far behind any of the other teams in the AL Central because that's not a very good division. 
Um, not gonna lie, probably one of the weakest in baseball. Um, that's all for today's episode. Um, and I will see you guys next week. Hopefully, the Mets will still be in first place, and Lucas Giolito will have pitched a no hitter again. Bye.